Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Patrick Stewart gives a captivating performance in this witty, emotionally gripping adaptation of director Stephen Berber's Bell... Ah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me start over. My That's bad. Right. My bad. <sighs> okay. Patrick Stewart gives a captivating performance in this witty, emotionally gripping adaptation of director Stephen Bilber's own Tony Award nominated play, Match. Stewart stars as Toby, an eccentric pot smoking Manhattan ballet instructor whose quiet life is interrupted by the arrival of a young couple from Seattle. Presumably, they're there to interview him about his colorful life as a dancer in the 60s. As Toby spins salacious tales of his former career, an ultra an ulterior motive for their for the couple's visit emerges. I'm going to leave it there because we want to get into uh, the detail, although not too much detail, um, regarding mm-hmm. this wonderful film called Match. We're joined today by the writer and director Stephen Velber. Stephen, welcome to Film School. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. I know the origin of the story from because it was a play, as we said in the introduction, a Tony Award-nominated play. But where did the story come from initially? Uh, I actually met this guy uh, upon whom I based the Patrick Stewart character uh, in around 2000. Uh, he happens to have been the teacher of my uh, wife, a ballet teacher uh, in Geneva, Switzerland, when she was growing up there uh, in the 80s. And... Um, he ended up coming to New York at the turn of the century to sort of get take a job at Juilliard. And I, she and I went up to his house, his apartment one night in Inwood, the top of Manhattan, and he just told us his story. It was a sort of a drunken night. He told us story after story about his life in the arts and his life. And there are memories of, the, of Geneva, but his life as a dancer prior to that, uh, coming into the game in the early, mid-60s. Um, and it was just a marvelous night of... of meeting one of those types of people that you realize this guy has to be dramatized in some way. He's mm. just too good to be true. Yeah. So I kind of stumbled home that night and I wrote down uh, literally as much as I could remember of, of the anecdotes and, uh, that he told me and trying to get convey the essence of this guy and thinking I got to do something with him one day. And about a year later, I finally came up with an idea for a plot in which to inject him. And, uh, and uh, he's been very supportive of it ever since. And so it's a great stuff. He's at Juilliard. He, he uh, let Patrick Stewart come in and observe his classes repeatedly. He was on set during our dance sequence scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were his dancers. There were his sweaters in the movie. That he's a knitter. <laughs> yes. So he, he's been. A, it's really been a nice experience. And um, the so how long did uh, Match run on Broadway? Was that uh, have it's, it's obviously had a very successful it, run, but there was not eight years. I'll say that uh, it was about. Four months, mm-hmm. um, which is not great, but we sort of ran into uh, uh, we had sort of lost some money early on, and so we couldn't sort of extend it to the extent that we wanted. But uh, it was a healthy run; I was pretty happy. Yeah, and, re- and you learn, you know, you learn a lot. Yeah, I was going to say the reason I'm asking is because in that four month period, obviously you uh, the the actors and you had a different set of actors in on Broadway. I believe you had um, mm-hmm. Frank Rent. Frank Langella, um, I'm sorry, I forgot the other the other people. Uh, Ray, uh, Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta, and Liotta. Jane Adams. Thank you. And uh, in in that 
in that run, you did you immediately were you drawn to the idea of a, a fi- turning it into a film early on, or was it something that sort no, of gestated after? Okay, no, what? I mean it's a one it's a one room drama, so I was very I had never even crossed my mind. Uh, but the eventual producer, this guy David Permit. Uh, who's friends with Frank, came to the show, and he was like, you should turn it into a film. And I was like, you're insane. It's a one-room drama. But uh, a couple of years later, he kind of came back to me again, and I had just directed my first movie, and I was sort of wanting to do something more simple and mm-hmm. and intense, or at least uh, focused, I guess. And uh, so I, I at that point, I did adapt it, but it was really four or five years later. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd had the luxury, I guess, of seeing the play in different productions around the world, literally, and and learning from it and sort of seeing where I screwed up, where it ran off the tracks for me a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. writing-wise. And I knew I wanted another crack at it by that point. And I knew that that, that the sort of idea of uh, applying a character, emotional thriller to film from from theater was intriguing to me. I mean, I I had had that experience before as a writer. Um, and then having directed myself, another thing, I, I, I just thought this is for me. I can really make something kind of unique here, hopefully, if I do it right. That's such an interesting thing that you just said, because I've always wondered about um, about a written piece, a, a song, any almost any sort of artistic endeavor where an artist will look at it later on through the eyes of an, uh, someone who's a little older, someone who's in a different place, whatever it might be, and see how they would make it different but rarely do i hear people say they have the or do they have the opportunity to go back and change it in the significant so did the did the what you said about the play you saw stage other places did you change any of the writing in it or in the staging of it what was what was it about it certainly yeah i mean there was to begin with this sort of the second act of the play had never been finished in my mind okay. uh we'd had to freeze the script during previews because we had replaced the actress actually jane adams was a new addition to the cast in the last minute so for her to get off book we sort of fro- locked the script and so normally this two or three week preview process where you can rewrite the hell out of it was uh, uh, truncated for me so i oh, i always knew there was something i had not done right in the second act mm-hmm. and um, and then seeing it around the in other productions, especially in, in languages that I didn't understand, which is really fun actually to watch, mm-hmm. because other aspects of the drama do pop out. And I saw one production in Israel actually, where the female actor was the strongest one on stage, acting wise, mm-hmm. and it made me realize that it really is a fully fleshed out freehander, not a two hander that I sort of had gotten into with um, in, on, on the Broadway production. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I knew that, I, A, I wanted to cast sort of a different type. Jane Adams was awesome in the role, but she played it very quirky and funny and, and sort of meek. And I wanted a strong, more forceful, dynamic woman to sort of bring these two guys together in, in the moments of confrontation. And uh, so I sort of wrote toward that a little bit, and then I really found a scene that doesn't exist in the play, a, a new scene um, between um, the Patrick Stewart character and the Ma- Matthew Lillard character that... Uh, it's just them one-on-one where they really say all this stuff and they, uh, they have not ever said to one another mm-hmm. and that are making, and they make very valid points. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of combustible and dangerous, hopefully. And, and, uh, it can go either way. Um, right. and that was a huge find for me and I would never have found it. I don't think had I not gone through that weird process. That's interesting. I, I again, I, and I've always thought, I mean, we tend to think of artists, 
uh, organic and growing. You know, the great plays of Shakespeare, they, they evolve in ways that uh, he probably could not have envisioned in terms of staging and the, and the emphasis on certain characters. But I rarely hear about people going back and doing, you know, the, doing more than that, just actually changing some of the text, etc., which I've always thought that should be part. We should have an expectation of that as an artist yeah, evolves. It, I think that's just it. Because you're right. Nice. We always do that staging wise. I mean, that's the beauty of theater is that yeah. it's open to interpretation by whomever, wherever. And and sometimes that, that jumps the rails. But but it's often incredible and stuff that the original artists never could have thought of. And so. I fully agree that uh, to have another interpretation writing-wise, um, and obviously you've given different actors and yeah. the parameters of a film versus a versus theater, you're, it's, you're, it's wide open. We're talking with Stephen Belver. He's the director, writer as well of the film Match. Uh, it's out coming out this Wednesday as we sit. Uh, we're here on January 9th. It comes out, I believe, on the 14th? Have I got that? 15th, I think? Correct. 15th. Uh, 14th, yeah. 14th. Um, uh, here in uh, Los Angeles and also on VOD as well. Um, so keep an eye out for that as well on, uh, on that. Now, in, in on the, the Broadway side, I don't want to dwell too much on the Broadway part of this, but they, you had Frank, Frank Langella, Ray Liotta, and Jane Addams. In this film, uh, you have three excellent actors, and let's identify them as Patrick Stewart, who's terrific. At, I mean, it goes without saying he's terrific. Carla... Am I going to, uh, Gugino. Or Gugino. 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 Yeah, and then yeah. And Matthew, Matthew Lillard, and um, all of them that are very strong in this film. Tell me a little bit about casting, and, and going from Broadway now, you're casting for film. Any different considerations in, that came into play for, for that part of it? Uh, well, Frank Langella developed it with me for a little bit of time, the, the film, and then he was unavailable when we, when we finally found the money, and I, even with him, I was going for something... I knew uh, I wanted something less broad than the Broadway production had been. I wanted something a little more dramatic and, and to find the core of it more. And when Patrick read it and I met with him, he had immediately gravitated toward that as well, um, which is not to say he's not going for his laughs early on, but he knew what he was driving and he wanted to land it in a really profound way. And that was where my writing was going more anyway. So that was, and, and just to have someone of his... Uh, not just stature, but also the fact that he's in a, a stage monster and can handle these huge chunks of uh, linguistic, you know, verbosity that are required <laughs> for that character. Yeah. Um, Carla Gugino is someone who's a, a stage beast herself here in New York. She does a lot of incredible work, and she's just... I've, I'd met with her on my first film. I, I sort of fell in love with her in a number of ways, but mostly because she's just so smart. And honestly, she's just a, she understands humanity in some weird way. And uh, so when I found that she would be interested in this, uh, it was a no-brainer for me. And then Matt Lillard, I didn't know that well. I know he's got a bit of a cult following between his uh, various, you know, Scream stuff and, yeah. and even the Scooby-Doo stuff. And right. But uh, one of the producers knew him and, and said, you should meet with this guy. And... Um, I just, A, he's just my kind of guy. I very much like him. He's funny. He's, but he's also got a weird ability to play broken and vulnerable and tough and um, harsh. And uh, and that was necessary for this role. I wanted someone who was a, sort of a broken kid. And, um, and Matt just has those qualities. And he's, you know, really making a transition into a quote-unquote serious actor after having done a lot of comedy and, and genre stuff. And I, I just, I just walked away from this meeting like, oh, I would work with him in a second. Yeah, and and I will say uh, that 
he has you're right there's uh there are characters there are actors like matthew that have that you can sense that there's uh, an anger that is about two inches below the surface they're mm-hmm. able to project that i can't tell you for sure that they're that way in real life but they have that ability to to pull that up out of themselves and he does a fantastic job with that because uh, i mean he has to go through a number of different uh uh spaces if that's the right word in, in his so. yeah so in this in this in this role as uh, as um mike and 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 carla by the way is one of those actresses or actors that you see in a lot of things, and you always, oh, I like her. And I see her, I was, oh, I like her. And I don't, you know, she doesn't get a lot of leads, which is what mm-hmm. is very cool about Match, is that she's given an opportunity to be a very strong lead in this. And I think that she's usually the friend of the of the lead or some, some permutation. Yeah, on that. And, she's an underused talent. She's got such depth, and uh, it's really it's really true, because she's around. She's been working forever, and... Uh, it's amazing well she's been on Broadway as you said she was in After the Fall Arthur Miller's I'm just going to run just hit a couple of the high points American Gangster she was in uh, um, she's been on The New Girl uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins with Jim Carrey she was on Californication I remember her from that Political Animals again a number of again one of there's a lot of actors out there that you see oh I like this and then they sort of become you know, uh, you don't always remember them as as you remember them as a, a very good supporting role, but not. But here, as I said, in Matt, she's a, obviously a very important. Yeah, she really. I mean, yeah, she's on the whole time with Patrick. It's really a you know they are they don't leave the screen almost uh, at all. Right. And uh, she's she's like a she's really right there with him every every moment. And uh, she has the 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 physical characteristics that uh, that I'm drawn to in terms of she's obviously a very attractive woman, but she has those piercing eyes. She has the that yeah. that face. That uh, that really is very expressive, physically. Just uh, is able to convey a lot with just uh, with just a, a facial expression and the look which, on her face. Which is key. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But I, I and, and obviously I want to talk about Patrick Stewart, who is the lead in this, and he's, he, Tobias or Toby. He's just wonderful, and I can absolutely. I've never seen him on Broadway. I've never seen him in a in a in a production play production, but. It's easy to see how he just just eats up the uh, the landscape when he's on stage or in front of a camera. He really, really commands a lot of yeah, attention. Yeah, he's uh, he he knows what he's doing, and uh, it's it's really fun to it was fun for me to uh, sort of be in the in the shadow of that at, at some point, and then to be able to sort of find moments that we you know disagreed on and and to negotiate them and to understand each other's point of view and to find the you know common ground, and that was. It was sort of thrilling for me because he took this character very, very seriously, and it, and you know, in one sense, you could kind of ham it up and not and not really uh, weigh in on it. And Patrick wanted, you know, he was not going to betray this character at all, and it was really an honor to be around that for me. Yeah, and this is sort of an anecdotal story I remember from a number of years ago. Um, him, I don't know if it was a in a on a TV talk show or what it was. But I remember him talking about, uh, and he was almost apologizing to to the uh, audience by saying, you know, when I first came to America and the role, I think, Captain Picard and all that stuff, that he was too intense. And mm-hmm. he, he sort of he sort of made this promise to the audience that, look, for, I, I'm not that way and I'm going to be a much more kind of fun person. And it seems since then he's taken on roles 
uh, that he's actively kind of uh, cultivated that part of his, his personality and his persona. And he does all of those things in, in the role as, as Toby. He is funny. He's gregarious. He's serious. He's intense. He just does everything. And it's not just the acting. It's the voice, the inflection, the, the, the mm. physicality of it. I, I just really, I think he was just absolutely wonderful in this film. Well, yeah, I agree. I, I really do agree. He's a he's a funny, mischievous, and then very serious guy, and and to have all those qualities, I think, in one film, which I think he really he just brought it all, yeah. and for a very low budget uh, scenario, that was really we got lucky. Now, uh, I'm just kind of curious. I ask a lot of directors this question: um, shooting days. How how many days did you uh, did you shoot? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. It was wow. pretty brutal. Wow. Yeah. That that's that's pretty good. That's uh, yeah. That's excellent. Most uh, most of the directors, yeah. independent uh, film directors, somewhere in the twenty to twenty three, twenty five day range. But uh, that's that's. I mean, we were lucky because so, so much of this was one location, but. Um... And that these guys, another reason I wanted stage actors, they could really go through eight to ten pages in a chunk, and we just would we'd split it up into these big, long runs and just keep filming the ten pages. And uh, that it wouldn't, otherwise we would not have made that deadline. We're speaking with uh, Stephen Belber, the writer and director of the film Match. Um, what if... Uh, now, you, you, all, you have... You're kind of the, uh, the triple threat here. You have... Broadway experience, obviously, with this play and others. Uh, television, a fair amount of television work as well, and film, uh, uh, including tape, Lar- uh, Laramie Project, Drifting Elephant, uh, and so on. Now, what do you have a preference? Is there is there a, a medium that you enjoy working in more than another, or, or does it depend? No, on, I mean, I, I you know, know, I'm trying to be one of those guys who lets the story dictate the medium, but um, or. Uh, or have the fluidity between the two and, and have fun in all three. But I think, uh, I, you know, I keep going back to playwriting in an almost addictive fashion because there's so few rules and you can really um, just pour yourself into it and whatever comes out comes out and it's it's considered legitimate to some degree. And um, so I like that as a way to, to get primal a little bit. But, uh, and having only now directed a second film, I, I can see the, I can see why, why that's so attractive to, to writers and writer directors because um in playwriting at some point you have to give the material over to the director and to the actors and you have to let it go and certainly as a writer for hire in hollywood you have to you're a commodity and uh, and tv you can be an auteur now uh, obviously with this golden age of tv you can you can be more than i i want to i want to try that more but um mm-hmm. there's something about the ability to create this universe and have this singular vision as a film director that you've of something that you've written which is very empowering um, and compels a certain assertiveness for uh, generally non-assertive people like me or writers <laughs> in general. And uh, yeah. so, that's, so I, I want to I keep trying to do that, I think. Yeah, and, and I think you touched on something that it, it is obvious, uh, is that television has really hit a, a certain uh, level of artistic merit that, I, I mean, I didn't know that I'd ever see it you know, in my lifetime, and the the depth and breadth of the of the really tremendous work that's going on on TV now is is pretty amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, there's no question why people are gravitating toward it, and and even this this notion of the miniseries, which is it's having its own moment, uh, where it's a it really is a long movie because there's something about the finiteness of the movie that I'm continually drawn to. I, I I sometimes worry when these great shows get into season three and four and they, and they inorganically generate plot and stuff. But, um, 
but you know, having eight to ten hours for one story or for one essentially long movie is very exciting. And and certainly, I mean, a season or a couple seasons. Uh, sometimes I would worry in season yeah. five that I yeah. I'm that I'm not dictating as much as I want uh, with the story, but but for the most part, it's incredible. Without giving anything away, on a, a you know guarded secret here, if you are, I, had, do you are you in the process of, of developing something uh, for a longer form, more like a TV kind of? Yeah, format? I'm working with uh, Fox TV Studios, which is a studio production company that you know works with the various cable networks, and uh, so I, I wrote. I've written something for them. I just I just handed it in actually before the holidays. That I'm very happy about um, about an Afghan interpreter. I happen to be. I was in Afghanistan last year, and my interpreter was this guy who had worked with the U.S. military and was trying to get take advantage of the visa program that's uh, uh, offered to these guys. And it's notoriously backlogged and log jammed, and he was having trouble getting over. And and then in February, I got an email from him saying. Oh, I'm working at a 7-Eleven in uh, Inglewood, <laughs> and uh, so I went and visited him. And and there was and you know so this is a relationship about about he, a guy like him yeah. and a an American soldier that he worked with over in Afghanistan and their their intense sort of relationship as he tries to make his way in America. And uh, wow. so I don't know. That's that's my pilot. I'm trying to get going for the for the moment. That, like that's a a, that is fertile. That that would seem to it it's just strikes brutal. me yeah it strikes me as something, and I do remember the stories about a few months ago I saw something about how it's nearly impossible for these guys who really risked their lives in so many different ways to be the interpreters for American uh, soldiers. And, oh, and they're getting killed. Their family members are getting killed. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's a really tough, tough situation. It's just one more. I'm sorry. One more sad legacy to to our our footprint. Yeah. in that part of the world. Very and, true. And so, Very well, true. well, um, the film again. Let's let's re- remind our listeners that match is uh, will be opening on the 15th here in Los Angeles, um, and also will be on available on uh, video on demand. What other platforms will we be able to see uh, match on? Uh, well, it's doing it's 22 different cities. is It's opening next uh, throughout throughout January, I guess, okay. Uh, okay. spread out, and then uh, and then it'll be on VOD also until uh, whenever. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time to be here on Film School today. Uh, it uh, Again, terrific performances. I really want to underscore that with the audience that uh, uh, everyone in the, the three primary, well, is there anyone else except for the owner of the, the <laughs> restaurant? I can, yeah, not much. Not much other than that. Uh, it's a, just a terrifically well-acted film, well-written, and um, my hat's off to you, Stephen Belver, for the work that you've done here. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you for being on Film School. Thanks for talking. Okay. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.